0: Reach a higher level of self. Find balance and calm. Become woke. With the teachings of Tete Fromage, your mind and body will meld on a spiritual level like hot melty cheese. Once you complete our 20-week course, you will become stronger in your sense of purpose and lighter in your pocket. Go to our website to unlock the secrets to eternal happiness at wihw.com tete fromage. You are a mere step away from starting a lifelong journey toward the ultimate fondue.
1: we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been informed, (laughs) things are about to get
0: weird. Welcome to What I Had Heard Was. I am Jennifer. And I'm Anna. And I'm Diane. And today we are going to talk about people who marry convicted felons. (laughs)
2: That's uh, the wedding march. I was trying to do it and do it. Uh, it. There's a reason why I'm not a musician. Okay, all right. I I feel like getting married is a hard enough thing to do, but...
0: Doing it to someone in prison?
2: Yeah. I don't know, it just seems like makes things extra hard.
0: This reminds me kind of like the polygamy thing. Like if you don't like your husband, then it's a perfect situation. You don't really have to deal with his ass. Mm. Like he's in prison, Mm -hmm. you know where he's gonna be. I mean, not necessarily know what he's gonna be doing. Right. Looking at you, Menendez brothers. Both
2: of them have been married once they were in prison.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine marrying a prisoner and then finding out they're writing someone else? like, sexy time writing. Well, I mean, I, w- I would
2: say I'd be glad that they're not sticking their, their P in somebody else's V, but
0: No, but they might be sticking their P in somebody else's B. Right. That's or I don't
1: that's think that's oh. the most... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I just don't think that that's the most concerning part of all of this. First of all, alright, let's break this down. D- Diane's bringing us back down to
2: reality. Down. Time to yes. unpack.
1: First of all, <laughs> they had a Twinkie for a wedding cake.
2: I mean, well, one honestly, I I kind of thought about doing something like that at one point for my wedding, just having like a whole bunch of like hostess Debbie kind of things, ringed around mm-hmm. in circles, so each layer was a different cake, you know. So you have like wouldn't cream let pies. You, right? and, no, he was pretty into it, actually. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. No, his his mother-in-law... Um, wait a minute. Sorry. His mother-in-law? Sorry. His stepmother offered to make us the wedding cake, mm-hmm. and she's brilliant at it, so I jumped at that chance, honestly. That makes sense. So, But that was going to be her go-to. You I know? guess I'm going to have to become better Swiss friends with rolls. your
0: husband now that I know he would be willing to have had a... Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, he's a good guy.
0: We'll be pals.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Real good guy. Cool. He is a great guy. Nice. <laughs> but for real, the the real issue here, right? One of the brothers got married over the phone while he was in prison, right? You're so, talking about the Menendez brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Go back, yeah I'm going Sorry. Going no, back no, to the Menendez fine. brothers. Both the Menendez brothers got married while they were in prison. I think one of them got married just over the phone. And what makes a person comfortable getting married to another person who's a convicted felon, just knowing them enough. Like, do they feel like they're intimate enough with them? You,
0: you can't really have phone sex. I mean, you can. Like, you totally could have phone sex, right? But, but
1: people are monitored. listening. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: even if you had, like, one of the super secret cell phones that people get in there that they keister into the prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: way better than FedExing it into the prison. <laughs> Uh
0: I got so distracted about Keystering now. I don't even know what I was talking about. But
2: you were talking about phone sex with the keystered phone. Right, right, right. But either even if you have one of those,
0: it's still gonna be a billion people around. True. So
2: so in that case, I think that the whole intimacy thing isn't the factor that draws them together. I mean, I feel like relationships like this where one person is incarcerated is the reason why they're drawn to it is because of inabilities to get too close, whether it's physically or emotionally, or the fact that they need to have some boundaries, need to have and this is just kind of taken to the extreme.
0: Like being love avoidant.
2: Sure. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it seems seems yeah. right.
0: No, see I don't know what it is either, but I read it and so I wanted to throw it out there like I was oh, smart. Nice. <laughs> <Okay>. Thanks.
2: <laughs> You did, um, you did I just admitted that I knew nothing. I
0: don't. Know. Well, neither did I. So it works great.
2: Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, exactly. It's like the, you know, the folks who want to have the relationship, want to have somebody, want to have that feeling of connectedness, but aren't very good with physical intimacy or emotional intimacy. It's like I can keep this person at a distance, and it's okay. And in this case, it will always be okay. Because, you know, a lot of these folks are away for life, you know, Right. um, if you're a felon. So there's, like, this safety net of I won't ever have to physically be with this person more than, like, you know, somebody called it an airplane hug.
0: Can you imagine, though, like, what if you married somebody who was in prison who was supposed to be in there for life, and then they're like, okay, you can leave now. And you're like, fuck. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't a little
2: scary to me now go back right exactly oh now my boundary's gone
1: Uh oh yeah i read about this guy i just want to throw this out here because i think that this is crazy bad choice of words but (laughs) there was this one guy his name was philip jablonski uh-huh he went to prison for murdering his first wife then met this woman through a personal ad and then married her while he was in prison, then got released, and murdered his new wife and her mother.
0: Right, both of them. And I believe believe he sexually assaulted the mother as well. Oh, that's good. Let's just add that on. What do you, like, honestly, what do you expect? I mean, anybody who's been in prison for a very long time, I think, at minimum, just needs time to reacclimate to the world on probably their own. Yeah, At least not involved in some new relationship. Because there's a lot of stuff you'd have to figure out.
2: Yeah, and recidivism is repeat offender. That's a pretty bonehead name, isn't it? It's, sorry, that's from in Arizona. If you haven't seen that movie, you should. It's fucking brilliant. But uh, recidivism is an actual problem with a lot of folks who go to jail or in prison uh, just because of the environment they're around. You know, it's like incarceration doesn't deal with the issue as to what first put you in there. Like, so it doesn't help really solve any of those issues. So you're around all these other people who will basically enhance, you know, or power up the bad things that were done to you going on in your life, etc., will just enhance those things. So you coming out of prison, a better person, is a lot more difficult to do than you know than people think you know it's not like oh you're just in time out so yeah so for somebody going in for a convicted crime you know of a violent nature especially killing of a wife like come on man <laughs> like you do this and then also why did, the, why did the prison system allow him to marry again you know because they can actually say no you're not allowed to get married right like yeah. they right. tried to
0: do it with uh, yeah. Ted Bundy and then he just used the loophole to get around it
2: right, yeah, so it's it depends on the state and but they have the ability, so people are allowed to get married except for certain cases, it, you know has the potential to cause harm or you know um, create an unsafe situation inside of the uh the prison system itself, so I feel that yes, the government can't really protect everybody from themselves, but in this case, why are you going to let somebody who murdered their wife marry again
0: right
1: yeah and and also. I think that you brought up a really good point about, I think that it's important to look at it from the other person's point of view as well, the person who's entering into the relationship who's not incarcerated. And I think that you brought up a really good point about feeling like there's gonna be boundaries there, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't considered before because I always just sort of thought that the other person, there was like a sense of naiveness, naivety, Mm-hmm. Na- naivety nativity, <laughs> Na- nativity scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's the baby Jesus happening. right so the woman in this case probably thought or at least you know of course I'm making up this scenario because I know nothing about it but like she probably thought I'm special it's not going to happen to me right he's changed maybe- he's told me he's changed right in many of these cases I would assume that there's an element of Manipulation mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and in the same token, whoever the person is who's not incarcerated has probably been through some sort of negative relationships in the past some, some type of trauma, right? Yeah, right. Trauma, definitely. If they don't
0: give the prisoners the opportunity to have something, to get married, to look forward to something, they have nothing. And when people have nothing to lose that's when they become their most dangerous.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. When you become nihilistic, there's nothing left to live for. Why bother? Then that's when folks get put on suicide watch. Right. You know? Which is also why a lot of folks find God uh, when they go into incarceration because, one, it gives a sense of purpose, a sense of redemption, soul-searching, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But also, a lot of the people from the outside that they have contact with are churches... And other organizations like that who, who offer pen pal services, mm-hmm. who offer people to just come and talk and visit with inmates so that they have some sort of personal connection, kind of as like missionary type work. And uh, what I had found out is that there's, um, there's an online resource. If anybody wants to <laughs> write to inmates, you can actually go online and find their information and find profiles and stuff and send people letters.
0: Sure, and if you want to do that you can do that, but it's probably not going to be on our guest links and (laughs) information page. See,
1: I'd do it though. I would be one of the people that does it. (sighs) So why is it that you'd say that you'd
2: be one of those folks? Because when I was in high school a friend of mine a friend of a friend basically got sent to jail and so the two of them had dated at one point and so she was Writing him letters in jail. But she knew the guy, right? right? And was just like, oh, my God, this really sucks. He was doing wrong things. He, he was adjacent to doing wrong things. Like, yes, he deserved to be arrested. Did he s- deserve the amount of time he got? Totally not. But either way, point is, so she was, was writing him letters. And at one point, he had asked her, hey, do you have any friends who would be willing to write? Because the people in here are so fucking lonely, Right. And I thought about it for, like, a week, and then I was like, no, I can't. I just, because I just knew, like, me personally, I would empathize too much, and it would just be, like, just all this drama and all this extraness in my life that I just couldn't handle.
0: Like, it's going to be manipulation on a level that most people are unfamiliar with.
2: Or incapable of handling.
0: That as well.
2: But a lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of people like, cause I was going to go into good, good intentions. I'm like, yeah, I'll keep somebody company. Why not? Which is that what you're thinking,
0: Diane? Like you're just going to write somebody yeah. and be friends. and.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that I look at it as more of a way that there's some sort of ability where I can just like send a mass Christmas cards, but not de- like, there's a way that I just like Anna was saying, like there would be a way that I could develop like some sort of very clear boundary and not this personal relationship where i start to get manipulated i think it would be so right. hard probably yeah. i think you're right especially being a person who's very trusting in a lot of situations and very empathetic and yeah i think i think you're absolutely right jennifer and i just have this like glorified idea of being able to like just send these really nice little notes to people who are lonely who may have been wrongfully convicted or you know
0: Well, honestly, I think that's the romanticized idea of it now. You know, the media says these bad boys, maybe not even now, but, you know, back Richard Ramirez, for example, he had an uncomfortable amount of fangirls. Ted Bundy, same thing. Women going in there dressed like his victims into the court. There's a condition called hybristophilia, uh, and it was defined by psychology today as sexual arousal from having a partner who was known to have committed an outrage or crime, such as rape, murder, or armed robbery.
2: So the whole adage of, like, you know, the girls always like the bad boys, well, there's actual proof. That there are some girls who sexually get off on that, and some guys, too. It's the the level of daring, the living vicariously, the being adjacent to danger without actually being the one performing the danger.
0: Well, and the. You know, they write thinking that this serial killer or serial rapist is going to give them information that they're not going to give anyone else. You know, like they're going to have some connection to it that nobody else has.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be the one that fixes him. I'm going to be the one that calms him down. I can be his salve, you know, whatever. It's just
0: because people were mean to him.
2: Right. Right. If he would have got more
0: hugs as a child, he wouldn't have gone on a slashing murder spree. And honestly, like, I'm guilty of that st- same kind of thinking because I think that about Ed Kemper all the time. I'm like, what if people hadn't treated him like shit? What, what, what could he have been?
2: Well, and there's a lot of folks, too, because guys will marry women in jail as well. The statistics for them aren't as high because men are 11 times more likely to be incarcerated than women. There are a lot more men in jail than there are women Mm -hmm. but same happens and it's the whole instead of i can change him i can calm him down i can be the one you know i can be his muse i can inspire him to be better he'll be better for me because he loves me you know that kind of thing for the men it's the well i can save her i can protect her i can make things give her a better Mm -hmm. environment so then that way she won't do stuff like this, or everybody
0: know, else has been awful to her. But I will be kind. I will be good. I will be giving and understanding, and, and she will reciprocate.
2: Right? Yeah, it's like a a savior mentality. But all of these right. are to the fact of are still for men and women. If men are into men and women are into women, however it is, you know, it's the it's still this fact of I can be there and with somebody. And somebody is relying on me. Because the person who's incarcerated can't do anything. Right. They can't help you plan the wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can't help you earn any money for whatever children, potential children, any of the... You know, so like all of the things that a partner does, they are now reliant on you. So the person in jail is reliant on you. So you have this, I will take care of you. I will mm-hmm. make things better for you. I will give you money. I will be your emotional support. I will smuggle things in in my keister. <laughs> you, know, so, <laughs> you know, so it's it's more of a codependent kind of relationship as opposed to a team relationship that people consider to be the healthiest type of relationship.
0: It seems like when there was conjugal visits, it made some sense, but after they removed those Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the purpose is. You know, legally, you want to be tied. and Yeah, there's no benefit. There is an uncomfortably large number of very successful women who do this. Ad execs, respected reporters, attorneys. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, only your everyday person. That's not what I want to say. It's not your
2: stereotypical kind of quote-unquote damaged person. Exactly,
0: Yeah they found some success yeah
2: it's like they have the appearance
0: of having their
2: shit together exactly i think obviously still something emotionally and psychologically there's a hole or something missing that this person in jail is fulfilling for them but it may not be the most healthy you know it's like maybe it's one of those like just get a dog or a hobby or something and not marry
0: a felon i was watching frozen two today not by myself. It was babysitting. <laughs> and ah, hey, no judgment. So there's a song and they're like, the lyrics were basically like, oh, when I get older, I'm going to know everything. And I thought it was hilarious. Right. So he yeah, was going to look it back up and be like, I need to play this for you guys <laughs> so we can all laugh at it together.
2: Uh, so, Diane, if you do want to become a pen pal with a felon, live your life. I'm sure they would appreciate your cards. You are fantastic at giving people gifts. Uh, But I would advise you to read a book called Players Exposed, How Men Manipulate Women by Timothy Richards and Eugene Weems. You can find it on Amazon and was written by two inmates and they talk about things inmates do and say to manipulate women.
0: I Mm -hmm.
1: would be more than
2: happy to put that
0: up on
1: our link's page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I feel like I should read that anyway. Like. Aside from getting involved in in any (laughs) conversation. Yeah, I feel like it's just
2: good to have as like, you know, for relationships or at work or (laughs) living in a man's world. Patriarchy. I'm shaking my fist. I just realized that
1: you guys can't see this.
0: (laughs) Damn the man.
1: So do you know some of the things that they point out in the book? Like things that I could take home from that? Uh,
2: nope, I was reading a comment that somebody
0: said, hey, if you're going to do this, you should really read this book before you do it.
1: Ouch. She, <laughs>
0: okay. I feel like she just called you out unknowingly, but it, I'm here for it. I, they, yeah,
1: I didn't, I didn't mean to. No, 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 that's... I would no, never that's that's do that. <laughs> I would never do She's that like, what now? Know?
2: What now? No, no, uh, yeah, I think it's the same thing I just did to you, Jennifer. Like, yeah. oh, hey, how's the blah, blah, blah? And you're like, I have no idea.
0: Turnabout's fair play, it's all good. <laughs> I can put my serious glasses back on if things are getting too uncomfortable.
1: Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Thank you. I feel so serious now.
0: And it's a serious topic, so we need
1: See, my feeling is, is why do we start
2: now? I feel like this whole season has been one serious thing after another, but we haven't This is where we're pulling the serious glasses out. Well, I mean,
1: you know, I was thinking just a few minutes ago like this I feel like for our listeners, this may have a different like vibe to it. And I think it's because incarceration... I, br- I brought up the topic to talk about. Because I feel like it's really interesting, these relationships that develop. But incarceration is such a hard topic to approach like, in general. So not only are relationships complicated between people, but incarceration is like, well, are we talking about people who really did something wrong? Are we talking about people who are manipulative? Are we talking about relationships that are real relationships or just something that someone needs from someone else? It's like there's so many different layers here. So it does feel kind of more serious. Well, I think But at the same time...
2: I th- sorry. I th- no, I think what you're saying is because, you know, we talk about serial killers. Not everybody has a tendency to be a serial killer. But in this episode, we're talking about how people get into relationships with people who are bad for them in which case is something that we can all relate
1: to i mean i'm sure we've all been there at one point
0: not me
1: (laughs) yeah i'm just putting away my paper now that i had taken out to write the people in jail my diane stationery
2: (laughs) that has has your address and all your pertinent information social security
0: number date of birth
1: It actually, yeah, it actually says a note from Diane. Oh, it does. Oh, good. Yeah, (laughs) use that. Yeah, I'm just heating up my wax right now. (laughs) Do my little stamp.
0: Call the Ravens.
2: This is going to come out weird, but it's very similar to people who are in relationships with soldiers or people who are in relationships with others who drive trains or fly airplanes or are gone from the house for extended periods of time as that individual who is in a relationship with somebody like that you learn to coexist without them being around so you have this level of separation the difference is is that this person has committed this heinous crime there's this whole level of illegality
0: even if somebody travels though like you have a time where your relationship was able to grow where you were able to meet and grow together and learn each other and I mean, how long can a prisoner talk to someone on the outside each day? You know, maximum. I I have no idea. Sure. But yeah, I, well,
2: I mean, you know, if we want to go back to like the seventeen, sixteen, fifteen hundreds, where people would just write letters to other people, and you know, time. that was their courting.
0: Yeah, they tied them to mice, and then they sent them, and the mice would run <laughs> to their houses, and then they'd get a piece of cheese in return. You That's watching, just what I had heard. <laughs>
2: you watching Cinderella?
0: Yes.
1: If someone said, hey, Diane, I'll give you a piece of cheese If you could just deliver this note back and forth I'd be like, well, this is now my full-time job Never ever <laughs>
0: accept a package for cheese, Diane
1: <laughs> Yes, please don't
2: take packages onto airplanes <laughs> Carry stuff across state lines or international borders
1: in God, exchange I'm learning
2: for cheese. I'm so much today Did you pack your so own nice. bags? You need to write that down on that Diane stationery <laughs> yeah, hold
1: on, hold on, let me just, let me just get this down. We're here uh, for you. This should now be, like, renamed podcast, like, Life Lessons for Diane.
0: <laughs> Number one, don't write to prisoners. Oh, my God, so I was watching the security cameras today, and I was watching the security cameras really close to the monitor, and a bee flew straight at the camera and scared the shit out of me. <laughs>
2: You all like ah, it's Mothra! Run, run! Whatever so okay, is, about- to-
0: wait, wait? If I went to prison, then like, do you think dudes would write me? And then, oh, I don't committed any like heinous crimes.
2: Yeah, it's usually the the top tier criminals.
0: So I'd be like a criminal nerd. Shit. Sure. Sure.
1: I'd write you. Aww. <laughs> what about people who develop these relationships because? they don't feel like they could do any better.
0: Right, have very low self-esteem.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of people like that who will fall for a sweet-talking individual who says all the right things in the right way, makes all these promises, gives them attention in certain ways that other people don't.
0: We accept what we think we deserve.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's another thing. It's a, you know, oh, I could never marry a man who's, you know, nice to me and drives a nice car. so. At least, you know, I'll marry somebody who's nice to me. Mm. Yeah. You know, who says nice things, who needs me.
0: Or people get scared when somebody's too nice, or just nice. You know, not even too nice. If somebody's nice, then they're like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Right. You know, and I think that's where the whole, like, oh, Mm -hmm. good guys finish last.
2: Well, so, funny enough, there was this lady, Jennifer Forsyth, later Jennifer Hyatt. She had a really rough life. Parents were divorced molestation as a young child being thrown back and forth between different people who wanted her didn't want her she was in high school got pregnant and the day they were supposed to get married or something she finds out dude sleeping with somebody else etc etc you know so it's like she just has gone from like one bad emotional relationship to another to another to another she finally met this guy who was super nice to her the nicest as she put it he was almost too nice. She was like, he was so nice, but he was kind of a pushover. Basically on their wedding day, this dude she calls Travis, shows up and she immediately fell for him at their wedding, <laughs> like at the, her and the nice guy's wedding. So she would come up with all these reasons to like go hang out with this dude and like they would go to Nevada to go gamble and just all kinds of craziness, right? And so eventually the nice guy left her and so she moved in with Travis, and she was like, yeah, that didn't work for very long. He was so young himself, he didn't want to be with somebody who had children of her own kind of a thing. But So she was
0: just constantly drawn to bad boys. So she really liked to think things through before taking any action, much like myself. Well, I, I, well as she put it, she
2: never felt that she had control over anything, that other people were always making these decisions for her, and so she would never actually like she always kept getting put into these situations so she never had any sort of control so eventually uh, she moves to Tennessee and so she becomes a nurse at a uh, penitentiary and that's where she meets George Hyatt and she immediately falls head over heels for this guy proclaims her love they get into a relationship right and then the People at the jail are like, "Hey, you can't be in a relationship with an inmate." so they fired her.
0: Yeah, they're like, "This isn't a fucking Hyatt." Right. Exactly.
2: Didn't <laughs> do. And so I'll So they be here fired here all her all week,
0: unfortunately.
2: Uh, but her love for George was far too strong. She married him anyway, and he's going to his sentencing hearing for theft and aggravated assault, and they sentence him, so basically they're taking him back to prison. And as they're escorting him to the van to drive back to prison, she rolls up in a Ford, hops out with a gun, and basically shoots the two officers who are escorting George to the van, kills one, wounds the other. She herself gets shot. She and George hop in the Ford, take off. Nice. They are now fugitives. They make their way to Erlanger, Kentucky.
0: Yeah, they do, because like if you're a fugitive, where else would you go? Well,
2: you know, from Tennessee, why not? Go north, Florence. Y'all, and exactly. So they ditch the car. They get in a taxi. They have the taxi driver drive them to Columbus, Ohio. That would be expensive. I know, right? So you know, they tell the guy like, "Oh yeah, we're there. We're going there for a convention or some junk."
0: Don't you have to pay for taxis in cash? No, you could. I mean, you know, you could do
2: cards. It's fine. But they get to Columbus, right? And the taxi driver's like, "This is fishy." Calls the cops like, um, hey, there's some people, whatever. Some SWAT team swarms them, they catch them. So they had two full days of freedom before they both get arrested go to jail. And she says those two days were the best days of her life ever because she finally felt in control of something.
1: Good for her. Mm. Yeah. So, but now they're both in prison, so. Well, that sucks for them. So what time frame was this lady? Uh, Like, Recently?
2: Yeah, this was in 2005. Oh. Um, so, yeah, they referred to uh, Jennifer and George as the modern-day body in Clyde. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking that, like, while you were talking, if this is a, like, marrying people in prison is a more modern thing. Because I didn't find a lot of, like, older cases, but then again, I can't think prison is kind of a more modern thing, isn't it? Uh, well,
2: I mean, there's always been jails of some sort jailers and whatnot and it's up until recently like up until more modern history like if you were in jail like you were a piece of garbage and a piece of filth and you were sent there to rot and so the only people who had any sort of connection with anybody on the outside were people who already had families or some sort of relationship already the fact of meeting somebody in prison through letters and wasn't as common of a thing. And also, if you, I mean, if you're talking about like way back in the way back, a lot of people didn't know how to read and write. So sending letters mm. and stuff like that was an impossibility.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. I forget that. I take that for granted too much that I have the ability to read and write. God, I need to just like go back to those basics sometimes, right? When you're like... God damn it, my internet's not working. <laughs> right. You know what? I have the ability to read and
2: write. I took a shower today. Or I had right. the, I, I made the choice to not take a shower today. <laughs> just stuff like that is... It's raining and I'm
0: inside.
2: Exactly. Exactly. A pillow to lay your head on. Mm-hmm.
1: Heat. That
0: was, that's one thing every winter that gets me. You know, when we have those real cold days. Because you just think about everybody who's outside.
1: All the deer. Yeah.
0: That's exactly who I was thinking about, Diane. <laughs> actually, Were you really
1: Are you just No, I actually have a...
0: Me? I d I wasn't because I have a sign mm-hmm. at the back of my property and it says fuck deer. I replaced the no trespassing sign because I wanted the deer to know where I stand.
1: Why don't you want deer?
0: Deer can't read. <laughs> oh, <no.
1: laughs> Oh man, so that's Gratitude Corner, (laughs) where every day we'll visit things we like about deer and things we don't like about deer.
0: I have a picture of an SUV that's on like the railing of a bridge right down the street where they, because of a deer, ran out in front of them. Yeah,
2: the insurance company says that if uh, you're driving your vehicle and you see a deer, and the choice is to either hit the deer, or swerve and potentially hit a tree or roll your car or anything like that, that you should hit the deer. Well, I guess the insurance company wouldn't tell you this, but the thing <laughs> is, is, if you hit the deer,
0: then you like, speed up.
2: <laughs> well, if you actually hit the deer, then you can prove. See, look, I got in this accident because of this deer. If you swerve and, like, don't hit the deer, but, like, run into a tree or go off the road or something and damage your car and try to say, hey, this happened because of deer, then they'll say prove it, but you can't because the deer's gone or whatever. Unless you have a dash cam. Even a dash cam, though. I don't know if that'll still... I don't know. Yeah. Point is, actually, I don't know if I ever took a dash cam into account for this, but say you don't have a dash cam.
1: They say I don't prove have a it. a dash cam. Eh. <laughs> did you know that not one but two of the manson family members married in prison not one, to each other one married twice didn't she uh-huh yeah Yep. Yeah. and the second time she got married she was 40 and she married to a 24 year old
0: get it girl but she's
1: a really good example of a woman who married in prison i mean not only did she perform this you know
2: these heinous crimes or whatever she's also famous so there's like a a double layer of appeal.
0: The, uh, Kenneth Bianchi, let's see if I can remember this correctly, he married a woman who tried to strangle someone to prove that he wasn't the hillside strangler because the hillside strangler would obviously still be out there. And so she offered to... Well, I guess she tried. Needless to say, it didn't work because we're sitting here talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have looked into that more, but yeah.
1: Oh, that's I fine. believe he married her. And well, and the other hillside strangler got married in prison. So many of these people, like... One that caught
0: me by surprise was, was Jeffrey Dahmer. He received marriage proposals, pictures of women, from women. Mm-hmm. I mean, at no point in time did he say he was attracted to women or had any interest. Like, I think he was pretty clear. That's super weird.
2: Pretty clear that he had no interest in women?
0: Yes so for women to be throwing themselves at him
1: a lot of times, what the the advances that you receive have nothing to do with your own preference
0: don't you think they plan on succeeding though they're writing intending to achieve something
2: i don't know i think it's the same reason why uh, single ladies like going to male gay bars you know it's the fact that they can they can flirt and try to pick up a guy and do all these things without having to actually go through with it. It's the whole, you know, like, oh, I can hug on this person, we can dance all close, whatever, we could buy each other drinks, we can do all this stuff, we can say, you know, oh, I look pretty, you look pretty, aren't you handsome, aren't I? You know, all this stuff. But there's this this wall, again, of nothing's going to go farther than that because we're not going to have sex. Why would you ask
0: Jeffrey Dahmer to marry? Why would you send him naked pictures? Like, Ted Bundy, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, it and... Kenneth Bianchi, that makes sense to me. A lot of these people, it sure. makes sense. This is one, it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, there are people who maybe the thing that aroused them, the thing that, they, that was appealing to them, was the thought of somebody else looking at their picture.
1: Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Like, okay. a, like a voyeurism. All you know, right. It's like, I don't care
1: or, who's looking at me, somebody is. Okay. Or knowing that, knowing that they couldn't have him yeah like yeah. him being untouchable, not only the fact that he's in prison but also the fact that he's not interested in women, so being yeah.
0: that could be maybe they would think if they maybe they thought they it was possible they would get a response in which they would feel even more exactly that makes sense, yeah,
2: so it's like this unreachable goal
0: yeah
2: if if I was able to
0: scale Mount Olympus that. See, right. what I was thinking is even Gacy made sense you know he was married a few times a couple of times but this one just stuck and I was like I can't get past I can't figure it out but that makes, that makes a lot of sense
1: now I know <laughs> well
2: and it's also just a theory
0: you know I mean there could be a bunch of different reasons why people do this stuff
1: what did Dahmer do why can't I I mean I know his name so well why can't I place what he did he ate people
0: he ate people. He, would, um, he was trying to find a way to keep men alive so he could have sex with them. But he would put, like, acid. He'd drill holes in their head and put acid in their brain. He, yeah. He was a scientist. He...
2: And
1: I use the very loose terminology.
0: You use that loosely, so yeah.
1: I think I gotta revisit that one, because I don't, that one, I don't know... That must have been one of the things that fell out of my brain when I had to remember something else.
0: I think that he felt such extreme loneliness, you know, which would which drives this, you know, damaged or diseased mind to do these kind of things. I've heard that he was a relatively nice guy, you know, aside from the whole murder, torture, eat people thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody who knew him, whom he didn't eat or torture, you know, said that he is—he was very pleasant. He's very, you know, well put together. You know, it was very clean, very polite. Didn't seem like a person who would have a whole bunch of body parts and whatnot in his fridge. And
0: right, and we've established that these guys, most of the people they meet, they in fact do not murder. Right,
2: right. That's true. that's true. And similar with a lot of people in prison. They can be very persuasive. They can be very well-spoken and manipulative in a very positive way. Sweet talkers. Mm -hmm. And so...
0: Well-versed at being charming. Yes, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for. Charming. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is they know who to go after. You know, they can just see it. And Mm -hmm. we all present things that we don't even realize that people can read about us. And I think... A lot of these people, whether it's because their brains work different or whatever, you know, they are able to pick up on who it is that will be most susceptible to their bullshit.
1: Predator and prey.
0: (laughs) A note from Diane.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to step up my Christmas card game if I do want to do that.
0: Make sure to include your last name and your address.
1: Right. And my door code and yeah
0: yeah
2: your mother's maiden name um and
0: (laughs) actually I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to veto that whole idea because I really like you and if you get murdered like we're gonna have to stop doing this and then we're gonna have to be on other people's podcasts and it's just gonna be a disaster and then we're not gonna have you so don't do that. Oh well thank you.
1: I'll just have to get my friendship through you guys.
0: I'll pretend to be a prisoner.
1: (laughs) I could start doing bench
2: presses and whatever and just kind of walk around my yard every (laughs) couple hours if you want. And then tell you about it.
0: Run up and down my driveway. I'll see you in the yard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would like to see you just run up and down the driveway in general. I don't
0: think you'd... Shit. (laughs) I don't run anywhere. (laughs) Up or down. If you tried to run down my driveway, you would end up in the middle of the street. (laughs) I would
2: so fucking eat it. Like it's so it has such a slant to it. Like I'm just yard
0: sale everywhere. I'm not uh, setting up a slip and slide this year. <laughs> just launch you right into traffic. Hello, neighbors.
1: <laughs> so I'm reading this article on Medium that's told from a woman's perspective who is, from my understanding, married to someone in person. And She's saying that there is a strong intimacy between her and her husband in prison because she said it takes sex out of the equation and all the confusion that goes with it. So how do you get to really know someone when you have those distractions is is basically her argument. So she got to know this person through a year of, she says, letter writing, phone calls and emails. Before even meeting face to face, and then she cites that she that she emphasizes the priority of communication because that's really all they have
0: If you met someone if you took away the actual crime and you met someone who was sick and in the hospital
2: or in a different country or in a different country you know, i mean there's a there's a percentage of people who are in fully committed relationships, and they never have sex. Right. So there are folks who that's not a priority for them. They are asexual, non-sexual. I forget exactly the term. I apologize. But so sex is never an
0: issue. They'd have to get their intimacy in another way. Correct. Yeah. Right.
2: You know, I mean, and and you, you, can still, you can still have intimate touch without ever actually sure. performing
1: sexual acts. Right and that's apparently what this woman is saying she's saying this communication is very intimate for her she says when the wind blows we say it's one of us sending a kiss okay so so they're really yeah i mean there isn't the ability to have a physical connection it is all through communication i mean if you get annoyed
0: you don't have to accept the call right like you (laughs) no. honestly like you have control if he calls yeah. you and you're like, "Fuck you dude, you pissed me off. I'm not going to talk to you today. You don't have to. Like, what's he gonna do about it? Call Keep calling. All right, mute. but
2: Well, so I mean, and that's the thing in in certain situations with certain people, like obviously nothing is true about everything and every everybody ever. And so there are people who this happens, and they you know they find somebody and they make it work. But it's a very, it is very rare case. Like I read that eighty-five percent of marriages that hap- that happen that are started while one person is incarcerated, fail. Like eighty-five percent
0: fail. So it's not. It's does, not encouraged. Does that include people who knew each other prior to the incarceration? Uh no. Okay, so those are what we. Well, they...
2: actually, I'm not sure. It just said that. 85% of people who get married while one person is incarcerated fail. I
0: mean, so. yeah. Depending on what they're in for, I mean, recidivism rates are pretty high, so.
2: Right, right. But, like, in the case that Diane's talking about, people do change. People do come out of prison and like, hey, my bad. I never want to do that again. I'm sorry, I'm a changed person. And they are. It's like, we all have done shit in our past that we regret, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. You can learn from it, move on, and grow. So that is possible. And it is possible to form a relationship, you know, based on communication, you know, where it's all on an intellectual, emotional level, before you get to the physical, both touch as well as learning how to cohabitate with somebody if this person who's in jail is able to get out of jail. You know, yeah. so it's possible, but it's a super slim chance compared to what
0: usually happens. I can see why people would be drawn to it if you want some level of connection without that level of commitment.
1: And this woman, she ends this article by saying, or they end this article by saying, he's everything I never thought really existed in a man. So I do find it interesting that that's what the focus of this article is, you know, like you said, based on on their communication and that sort of intimate relationship, and that that's what she says she... in him but they don't address why he's there and that being part of their relationship because i feel like me personally i wouldn't be able to set that as a separate like i wouldn't be able to dissociate those two things the crime and the person yeah yeah Mm -hmm. because i feel like like what you just said yes you can you can move past that and you can make different choices and whatever but that's still sort of if they're still in prison and that's who you get to know at that time. Um, and that's
0: who. I mean, yeah, that's who they are. Because
1: we that's grow who they are, and yeah. change.
0: And who we are today is not necessarily and most likely not who we were 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago. I know I'm not. Right.
2: right. And it's not going to be who we are in 10 years. Right. And,
0: you know, I, I heard like nobody who knew me five years ago knows me now, which I thought, well, that's pretty accurate <laughs>
1: yeah. but you're not meeting them five years from now no you're meeting but you're meeting them through letters while they're there mm-hmm. i mean there's websites you just yeah i don't know have we beaten a dead horse Should life, we move on? life
0: after lockup <laughs> is a show
2: yeah no there's lots of yeah i mean or, this is a fascinating subject because once again it's the reason why people are so interested in uh, movies and television shows about serial killers are the same reason why people are so interested in individuals who will marry somebody in prison or 90 day fiance or married at first sight it's the how can you make such a sh- what we consider to be an ultimate commitment with somebody who you barely know or only know part of because of circumstances and we're just fascinated with that of like how can the, this and right. these two individuals be willing to say, yep, this is a great idea.
0: Have you met anybody who's killed someone else? No.
2: I've yeah. also never met anybody who has married somebody at first sight. So, Okay.
1: Well, I, yes. I believe, yes, but not... <laughs> Maliciously? <laughs> well, because are we talking about military? No. Well,
0: I guess it's, yeah. See, now you get into this whole big thing.
1: Yeah, once, yeah.
2: Like, before talking about, you know, somebody being married to a soldier.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have
2: done horrible things, whether it was, you know, intentional, unintentional, their job, however you put it. Yeah, so I guess in that, yeah. Wow.
0: Well, mm-hmm. So, well, this is a much more complex, uh, I, you know, idea, topic, than I thought it was, would be. So I'm a little surprised this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry about it. No, I have a lot to think
0: about. There's a lot, You guys made a lot of really good points, and I appreciate uh, getting other points of view to change my mind.
2: Me too. And, I, you know, I think it just goes to show that not everything is so cut and dry. Yeah. And just how, you know, how close we are to making similar decisions. It's like if we were in, you know, living these people's lives, or if we were put into scenarios... The same scenarios as some of these folks, would we be making these same decisions?
0: If you're going to be really honest, some of the people that are in jail, prison, whatever, like, the difference between you and them, between us and them, is they got caught. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. That's 100% it. Yeah. So.
2: Wrong place, wrong time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) An empathetic person has that viewpoint, you know, it's the same empathetic person that walking down the street and sees somebody who's like, "Give me a couple bucks so I can get some food." Mm-hmm. That could be you. That could be me. Right. Very easily. You know, a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it just takes a couple bad choices, a
0: couple bad. <laughs> and even more people now, because of the pandemic, people lost their jobs. You know. Sure. And people in the entertainment industry just now coming back up to. Yeah, you know, to rebuild. So there are a lot of people. Yeah, so many people are without homes, without jobs. And we do what we have to do to survive. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. So lay miserables, stealing a loaf of bread to feed a hungry family from, star, you know, from death from starvation, which is the bigger crime, allowing a family to starve to death or stealing a single loaf of bread, which is the bigger crime? And it depends who you ask,
0: which is a little disturbing, but yeah.
2: Well, and it all depends on who got caught. That's true,
0: you know? So it's
2: a You can have my bread. <laughs> I'll I'll buy y'all some bacon. I'll I'll bring the cheese fountain. Oh, fuck. I mean, that sounds like a great fondue night, right? Bacon, <laughs> bread, and a cheese fountain?
0: That oh. I mean, that actually sounds like some tete my shit. Oh, snap. Boom.
1: <laughs> Boom. Boom god why don't they have bacon to dip in cheese fountains like brilliant
0: we can make a cheese fountain
1: oh yeah they have cheese fountains and they have yeah, bacon, but bacon. Yeah, like yeah. strips of bacon I just want to dip strips of bacon
0: ask and you bacon. shall receive
1: Next, just time, let me know when you're coming next up. time we're all
2: together we're just going to fondue the shit out of some stuff and it's going to be glorious So.
0: yeah I'm down just throwing that out there Diane, promise us you're not going to write anybody in prison before next week.
2: Or at least we have to be able to read the letters. Like, I feel like... It's like I told my sister, she's not allowed to marry anybody else unless it gets my approval. Yeah. So, (laughs)
0: you can't write back unless I get to read the letter. How about that? That's fair. The universe took its toll on me, and it just broke my ring finger, so... (laughs) Come on, bitch. Yeah. Well, guys... I think I'm gonna go eat some bacon. Think
2: about our life choices.
0: Think about my life choices. Yeah, I'm not making egg. I really like eggs lately. Eggs are delicious, they especially are. with bacon and cheese. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What are you having mm. for dinner,
1: Diane? Uh, shit, <laughs> <laughs> you just got me that time. <laughs> it was my turn to be gotten, and you did it. Well, now I'm
2: having a bacon, egg, and cheese omelet. <laughs> little breakfast for dinner
1: wrap it up i actually
0: got a a bacon egg and cheese McGriddle for breakfast oh snap and i had to leave because i had to go watch the babies so it was early and i took the sandwich with me into the car i forgot to eat it on the way there so i took it inside and i was going to eat it but then the kids were all wound up i forgot i had it left so when i got home this afternoon it was still in my purse
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes found food i love when you
0: get surprised found food and especially oh. if it's like still edible. Oh, I'm a griddle. Back in my heavily drinking days, I would like buy lunch around eleven AM and then at like three AM, I'd be like, I am too good to eat this. I'm above that and about like three seconds later. I don't know how I didn't die from food poisoning. <laughs> it just made you a stronger person, that's all. The alcohol just kinda yeah. protected me. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, I'd still eat it, like, even in my non-alcoholic days. Like, I would, <laughs> I would eat that McGriddle, like, jackpot. I always feel like... I got I, purse food.
0: I tell myself I'm better than this, but I'm not. I'm not. Better than what? Than eating
1: nine-hour-old food. Delicious leftovers? I, I don't mean, see it a problem tasty. with
2: this.
1: Fiscally, if you, it's
2: fiscally responsible.
1: If you offer me McDonald's hash brown at any point, I don't care. I will eat it. Yeah. I don't care. Those hash browns are so
2: good. Question. So which is better, McDonald's hash browns or Burger
1: King tater crowns? I, I'm going to go with the McDonald's hash brown every time. I'm just... That's your jam. That's my jam. Jennifer?
0: No, I mean, I got to go to the king all the way. <laughs> we get down and dirty with the king. Tater ham. crowns. Ham.
2: hmm Yep. Ham? Yeah, they have the croissant
1: sandwich. They do?
2: Yeah, it's ham and egg and cheese on a
1: croissant. Everything's
2: better on a croissant. Yeah, it's buttery and flaky. And then you get, like, these little tater crowns. Before
0: Anna's rude ass moved, we had a perfect Burger King we went to all the time. They knew us. They loved us. The corona lockdown is what really
2: kind of ruined it. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. I really wanted to blame you. I mean, because I'll still go there. Like, I will drive there and meet you. Like, I have... We're going to go get some BFAS Sands, and we will see all y'all next week.
0: And what I had heard was, we are out of time. We will see you next
1: week. Visit our website at WIHHW.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, see guest links and information, and some fancy extras. Also, check us out on Facebook at at what I had heard was and Instagram at what I had heard. And if you really want to get something off your chest, shoot us an email at what I had heard was at gmail.com.